pray. May God add his blessing to the reading of the scriptures this morning, and may the words from my mouth be just what we need to hear. We all like to believe that we're moral people, don't we? We like to believe that we're good people, or good enough compared to some other people. And if we ever do something that isn't right, there must be a good reason or a good excuse for not doing it, right? Well, in 1995, there was a man named Robert Lee Brock, who was serving time in a Virginia prison for breaking and entering and grand larceny. And while serving his time, he sued the Virginia prison system for several different reasons, but every lawsuit that he brought was rejected. And so he tried a new approach. He tried suing himself, suing himself for getting drunk and committing crimes that violated his civil rights and his religious beliefs. He wrote in his legal filing, for violating my religious beliefs, I want to pay myself $5 million, but I ask the state to pay it on my behalf since I can't work and I am a ward of the state. That's pretty creative. I got drunk, I committed a crime, and now I want the taxpayers to pay me for violating my own religious beliefs. I want to pay myself $5 million. A judge dismissed the case as ludicrous, of course, but she also commented that he was very innovative in his approach. Now, this is a crazy idea for a lawsuit, to be sure. But I can understand Robert Lee Brock's reasoning. We all want some excuse for our moral failings, for our sins. We don't want to face the burden of guilt, the burden of shame. That's not really me. What I did, I'm not that person. It's not my fault. I read a funny story about an elderly woman named Agatha who, because she had a hearing loss, had a habit of shouting her sins, speaking way too loud in the confessional booth when she was at confession. Her priest, Father Dankin, was concerned about her privacy and the sanctity of the confessional. So he suggested that in the future, she write out her sins each week on a piece of paper and hand them to him instead. The next week, she handed the priest her list. He looked at it, and he was confused. He said, what is this? It looks like a grocery list. Agatha said, oh, mother of God, I must have left my sins at the grocery store. <laughs> we wish we could just leave our sins at the grocery store, don't we? If only it were that easy. In our reading this morning, Jesus tells us that we can't escape the sin and the evil of this world. The consequences of wrongdoing are all around us and in us. We feel powerless at times to fight the injustice, the horrible things that we know are happening in our world right now today, things that are happening in Ukraine and in so many other parts of the world where people are being treated terribly where people are being abused and killed. We're destroying this beautiful planet that God created for us. Our people are divided. In a country that's a democracy where we should all be able to 
respect one another's opinions and move on from there and still care about one another and be able to agree to disagree. We seem not to be able to do that anymore. We find ourselves sometimes doing things that we know are wrong, that opposes God's holiness and God's purposes. In 1939, Charles Lawton starred in, as Quasimodo in the movie The Hunchback of Notre Dame. To look the part, Lawton decided that he would strap himself into a harness that bent and distorted his back. The first few days that he wore the harness, it didn't affect him much. But after wearing that thing for weeks, when he took it off at night, he had a hard time standing up straight. His spine was conforming to the shape of the harness, and it took a lot more effort to stand up normally with it off. Because we cannot escape the presence of sin and evil in this world, we sometimes find ourselves conforming to it, redefining what sin is, accepting our distorted morals and our distorted lives instead of standing fully in what we know is right and our identity, remembering that we are children of God. But Jesus assures us that it's okay. God has a plan to restore creation, all humankind, to God's original plan. The kingdom of heaven will come. And the arrival of the kingdom of heaven is the arrival of God's vision for his people and his promises to his people. That's why it was Jesus' favorite subject to talk about and to teach about and preach about. From the creation story in the Garden of Eden all the way to the last descriptions of Jesus as Lord in the book of Revelation, God always relates to God's people through a vision and a promise. Those seem to be the two essential parts of our relationship with him, his relationship with us. God's vision or God's good plans for us and a promise that is based on God's never ever failing faithfulness to us. And the kingdom of heaven is this vision and this promise coming to life. A day will come when all powers and all people are living in perfect alignment. A day when all will be faithfully obedient to God, to God's character and God's purposes. No wonder it was Jesus' favorite subject to talk about. He gave his life to guarantee our salvation and our place in that kingdom that is coming. In 2020, Frederick Miller bought a big, beautiful, historic plantation home in his hometown of Gretna, Virginia. Miller had grown up just a half a mile away from this mansion that he called Sharswood and had always been fascinated by it. After retiring from the Air Force, he bought that beautiful house and the grounds around it as a place for his large extended family to have reunions and other get-togethers. After buying the house, he began digging into the history of Sharswood. And with the help of local historians, preservationists, and other people, Frederick Miller discovered that Sharswood had been one of the area's largest tobacco plantations in the 1800s and the early 1900s. He learned that the 12 small cabins that were scattered across the property once had 58 slaves living in them. And that two of those slaves were his great, great, 
grandparents, Violet and David Miller. Frederick Miller had bought the house and the grounds where his great-great-grandparents had been held in slavery, and now he was the owner. Karen, Frederick's sister, says that she can feel the presence of her ancestors when she walks those grounds. In an interview, she said, I just imagine my ancestors walking here and how they may have felt in that life that there has to be something better than this. And now all these years later, us having the property in our possession. Life has to be better than this today. When we look around, we say it daily. Don't watch the news, because if you do, after it's over, you will be saying, life has to be better than this. We all sometimes feel that way, deep in our bones. We look around at this broken, dysfunctional world that we're living in, and we imagine that life has to be better than this. And that's what Jesus spent his, his whole life teaching and preaching, that God has planned a kingdom where all sin and evil will be destroyed, where all brokenness, all dysfunction will be healed, and all creation will be restored to God's original plan and purposes. That's where we'll live someday. That's God's vision and God's promise to you and to me. And finally, in the kingdom of heaven, God's children, that's you, in case you didn't know it, God's children will experience and reflect the full glory of God. Verse 43 in our passage today, we look at that and we see what the kingdom of heaven will look like when all sin, all that is against God, will be defeated. Verse 43 says, Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears to hear, let him or her hear. The Greek word used here for shine is eclampal, and it is a very unique word. This is the only time that that word is used in the entire Bible. In fact, it's not found in any other ancient Greek writing. Apparently, Matthew used this word to describe the unique role of God's children, of you and I, in the world. It means to shine out from within. Since we have the Holy Spirit living with us, we carry Jesus with us into every situation. And Jesus told us that his followers will be the light of the world. People who reflect God's love, God's character, and God's purposes, and God's glory in every possible way. So we are already called to shine like the sun, no matter what the circumstances are. And he promises us that, if, that one day, in the kingdom of our Father, there will be nothing separating us from the fullness of God's glory. In his book, Standing on the Promises, Pastor Lewis Smedes says that the hardest task for people to believe in the return of Christ is living the sort of life that makes people say, ah, so that's how people are going to live when righteousness takes over the world. In the kingdom of our Father that is coming, we will have the glory of God living in us, and we will reflect the glory of God outwardly to the whole world. There will be nothing separating us from God's holiness 
and God's purposes. But today, we already have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We can live like the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We can live like that to some degree now. What would that look like in our home? What would that look like in our workplace? What would that look like in our schools, in our community? How can you and I live so that it looks like good has taken over the world? A pastor tells a story about a special worship service that was planned a few years ago in a very old church in Israel. This church was maintained by a community of monks. It was such an old building that it had no electricity in it at all. But this worship service was going to be an important one. And there were plans to broadcast the service on TV and to broadcast it online. And so an officer from the National Council of Churches decided to go and to help lead that service. A TV crew came in and started setting up all their equipment, including several big lights. And when they tested the lights, the monks went, wow. Unbeknownst to any of them, in this old, old church, there was a beautiful mural painted on the ceiling that they were never able to even see. Centuries had passed by without anyone knowing that this mural was hiding. It was right above their heads all the time. You could only see the beauty when the lights were on. Jesus knows that in this life, we are human. We cannot escape sin and evil. He knows that we're fighting the battle of faith daily, inside and out. And so he gives his people a vision and a promise. God has a kingdom plan for us. A kingdom that will reflect the character, the purposes, the glory, the full glory of God. And someday all sin and evil, all sickness, everything that stands in opposition to God will be destroyed. And what will be left is the wonderful glory of God shining forth from God himself and from God's children. But with the Holy Spirit living in us, we can shine out, shine out from within the glory of God today, now, in our lives. Do others see the character and the purposes of God in you and in me? Let's pray that we might shine like the sun here and now to draw as many people as possible to the kingdom of heaven. Amen.